Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Yes, it is. Thank you for being with us as we head into your Monday. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Millions of Americans financed the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rock and mortgage, push button, get mortgage. 855-212-4CBS is the number. That's 855-212-4227. Pat Mahomes had 278 yards passing in the first half today. His lowest total for a first half so far this season. Looks like him and Lamar Jackson going to have many battles for many years to come in the AFC. Looks like the Steelers might be a five-win team. Probably not so good that they traded their first-round pick. The potential for a quarterback controversy to brew in Carolina with Kyle Allen having six touchdowns and no picks in his only two starts and actually making Carolina look like a legitimate pass offense, albeit against the Arizona Cardinals. The Patriots dominates plenty of stories from week four, including the Sunday night game that just wrapped up Baker Mayfield looking very, very shaky at home Sunday night against the Rams. But the story of the day is it looks like New York has a quarterback or at the very least they believe they do. And all I would say to Giants fans is all of you were crushing the Daniel Jones selection when they took him. So let's not put him in Canton after one great game against Tampa, whose defense is a special kind of putrid. However, I'd be getting excited too. Everything about him reeked of poise, athleticism, aggression, Hope, competence, basically all of the things that Eli Manning hasn't had in like six years. So I would ask you the following question, though, if you're a Giants fan. Why did Eli start the first two games of the season? Because now Saquon Barkley's hurt and you traded Odell Beckham. If Daniel Jones is this good and he looked better than Eli in the preseason and you liked him enough to take him sixth overall, why wouldn't you want him to have Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley and start from week one and, you know, try to win this year? Is that ridiculous? I feel like Giants fans, basically, 
They got the Christmas present, but they got it on December 27th. What a weird way to listen. There's he's got 12 years in front of him. Maybe more. It's not the end of the world, but kind of an odd thing to go all in on that guy and then give Eli Manning two games because why? Honestly, why did Eli Manning have to start those two games? Why is he now going to just be there making that Eli Manning face for 13 more games this year? It feels so unnecessary. I I know Eli has a no trade clause, so you can't force him to retire when he's under contract and he can veto the trade. So he can be on the squad, but nobody thought that he was better than this guy. The Giants would have been a bigger underdog today had Eli Manning started than with Daniel Jones. Like We know that Jones is better than Eli at this point. So it's just an odd thing to see how it all plays out. And it's exciting. The stories of, oh, my God, Danny Dimes started cursing in the huddle, and he never curses. Listen, take it from me and adult Danny. Until Daniel Jones starts calling himself Danny, I'm not buying into that nickname. Danny Duffy gets my adult Danny appreciation. Danny Trevathan gets my adult Danny appreciation. It takes a lot of character and intestinal fortitude to be able to be Dan or Daniel and just have that professional waft all over you. But us us adult Dannys have to stick together. So if Daniel Jones wants to become an adult Danny, I'm here for it. But I'm not calling him Danny Dimes or whatever Twitter has named him until he himself embraces his adult Danny-ness. But I digress. He did something today that Eli has never done, which is come back from down 18 in a game and win. He also did something today that he never did in college, which is in college he never had a game where he threw for over 300 yards with no interceptions and a rushing touchdown. Today he threw for over 300 yards, had no interceptions, had two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. So this was an out-of-left-field performance where he was better in the pros that he had ever been in college, replacing a franchise icon for a New York sports team. The hype is about to get real for Daniel Jones. And I was just thinking about it today. My EP Ryan Hickey told me that 20 of the 32 quarterbacks who started today, or this week, week three, 26 years old or younger. If your team doesn't have a quarterback that you like and they've invested in a young guy, it is worrisome. And Chicago is at the top of that list with Mitch Trubisky. It's Monday on the East Coast. So Monday night football is tonight. If Mitch Trubisky 
doesn't play well against Washington, it's going to get so ugly for him. Pat Mahomes, his draft class, MVP, after him. Deshaun Watson, his draft class, after him. Lamar Jackson, his draft class, after him. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, the year before. Kyler Murray, after him. Daniel Jones, after him. Sam Darnold, after him. Baker Mayfield, after him. It's just one after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. All of these guys flashing higher higher ceilings than the quarterback of the Bears. And you wonder if you have a situation where it's easier than ever to play quarterback and you have a young quarterback who isn't playing well when all of his peers, slightly older, slightly younger, and the same age, are outperforming him. Is it easier than ever to move on from your quarterback? Like how much rope should a young quarterback get in order to learn, in order to develop, in order to make mistakes? I'm not saying at all that here in Chicago we're that close with Mitch Trubisky, but I find it fascinating the ramifications of what's going on in the league right now. Back in the day, Sam Bradford, Jamarcus Russell, guys like that, they got paid 50 million bucks to be the number one overall pick. So it was financially impossible to move on from them. Nowadays, the rookie contracts are not so cost prohibitive that you should be able to play your young quarterback almost immediately as long as you have a system in place that you like. Which means when you have Jeff Fisher, you don't need to play Jared Goff because you're running an archaic system. You play him. He looks like a bust. It regresses him. You have Mitch Trubisky. You've got John Fox and Dowell Loggins. You don't need to play him. It regresses him. But if you are the Giants and you've got Daniel Jones and you've got Pat Shermer, you already hired your offensive coach. Or you've got Kyler Murray and you've got Cliff Kingsbury. You already hired your offensive coach. Or it's Pat Mahomes with Andy Reid or Deshaun Watson with Bill O'Brien. If you've got the offensive coach who's going to groom your offensive quarterback, play him. Play the young quarterback. Because the earlier you play the young quarterback, the earlier you figure out if you want to pay the young quarterback or move on from the young quarterback. And nowadays, we haven't seen it yet. You know, we saw Washington draft RG3 and then a fourth rounder on Kirk Cousins. Arizona is the closest example to draft a quarterback in the first round, Josh Rosen. Be terrible. Be in a position to draft even higher the next year and draft another quarterback and immediately move on. Josh Rosen has been put in a terrible situation to succeed. Arizona, defensive-minded coach, coach gets fired, go to Miami, Miami tanking. He has been put in an awful spot to succeed. But Arizona is the closest example that we have to what I'm talking about, which is basically, if at first you do not succeed, try, try again when it comes to, to young quarterbacks in the NFL in 2019 because it's easier than ever. 
I can't. You can't watch a game these days and not be blown away by it. Evaluating quarterbacks is tough. But then there's Gardner Minshew. Then there's Kyle Allen. Then there's Mason Rudolph, who wasn't great by any means. I was actually shocked by how lost he looked early, given that he's been in the Steelers system for as long as he has. But still able to put points on the board, move the ball. We've seen way worse quarterback play than we saw out of Pittsburgh today with Mason Rudolph. But I would think that if you're Buffalo and you're really excited about Josh Allen, you don't have as long of margin for error anymore. If you are Washington with Haskins or Chicago with Trubisky, you've got to be willing to say, all right, We invested in this kid. We're giving him a shot. But tonight's game against Washington for Trubisky, it's his 30th NFL start. This is not a small sample size we're dealing with. Now, 12 of them was with John Fox. And again, I'm not saying move on from the guy today or even necessarily this year. But if Trubisky, for example is still bad by the end of this season. It's absolutely reasonable to be in the draft next year and try to acquire a quarterback or to go out and pay a veteran for competition because the Bears traded a couple of mid-round picks and gave him a rookie contract. It's not that much money compared to an actual franchise quarterback. Pat Mahomes is going to get $200 million. Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, over $100 million, $140 million in Russell Wilson's case. That's the big investment, that second contract. The rookie contract is nothing. So I hope that it works for Arizona and Kyler Murray because it'll show teams we don't have to do what Tennessee is doing with Marcus Mariota. Tennessee should have realized that Marcus Mariota can't be great two years ago and been in the market to move on. He's playing out the fifth-year option of his deal. Same thing with Jameis Winston in Tampa. Now, Jameis finally had a nice day against a terrible defense, but it does not take five years to evaluate a quarterback in 2019. It did in 1999 when the coaches were not bending their system to the quarterback and they were asking them to do things that they couldn't and they were sitting for a year or two behind established veteran starters. But Tampa should have moved on. Tennessee should have moved on. If at the end of this year Trubisky isn't good, they should move on. And if you are a fan of a team that's starting a young quarterback on a rookie contract, three years into that deal and you're not convinced that you want to pay that quarterback a second contract, your team should be moving on to 855-212-4227. Are you in that situation? And Giants fans, you've got to be pumped about Daniel Jones, but does it feel like you're two games too late to the party? Because what I saw today, that's a team that can compete at least for relevancy. Now, maybe not with the Saquon injury anymore, and maybe not with that defense, but in terms of 
intrigue and interest and watchability. Why the hell was that guy not out here two games ago? 855-212-4227. Your top thoughts on that and more. Week three of the NFL. We'll get into week four actually later on. We always like to do the first preview on this show. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Quarterbacks are having success earlier than ever. So if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and they're a star, it's the most valuable thing you can have in football. So if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and you feel like you've seen enough of him to know that he's not going to be a star, your team has to be in the market for the next quarterback earlier than ever. Now, that doesn't mean it's just a set number of games. Mitch Trubisky in Chicago is a great example. This is his 30th start tonight against Washington. But 12 of them were with an archaic offense He only started one year in college. He was a project. So that's a guy who you need to see more of. But but Deshaun Watson, for example, he played so much in college, he was drafted right into an offensive system. If he would have struggled early, you'd be more willing to say, okay, we messed that one up. Now, clearly they didn't, and Deshaun Watson looks like he's going to be one of the faces of the NFL for years to come. But I think two great examples of this are the Titans and the Bucks. Jameis had a great day today, but he's in his fifth year. We've seen enough to know that Jameis Winston is going to throw picks and he's not going to be great. I would have been in the market to move on certainly this past year, if not the year before. Same with Marcus Mariota. Because when you look at what the bar is now, you can't just be mediocre the standard is Lamar Jackson Pat Mahomes Carson Wentz Jared Goff Deshaun Watson quarterback play is at a ridiculous level so hopefully for the Giants what you saw today is sustainable that's a really exciting thing but it's easier than ever to have success early which means it should be easier than ever to say this guy's not going to have enough success and we need to move on. 855-212-4227 is the number. Curtis in Boise is on the Danny Parker Show. What's up, Curtis? Hey, how's it going, Danny? Good, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a long way from Florida, but I'm a, I'm a Buccaneers fan, and you know what? Jameis, ever since I saw him drafted, he's just he's just been nothing but disappointment. And you know what? All your points you've been pointing to tonight have just been just so true. I just I I'm I, I almost ra- would rather us tank and try to try to find something else instead of trying to win because we have so many weapons on the offensive side. Why not Why not try to find someone good and or a quarterback per se? I I, I don't know. I, I just well, want to hear you your. You know you know what's your... tough if you're a Tampa fan off today's news. Tampa picked fifth in this past NFL draft. You know who went sixth? Daniel Jones. Oh, I know. So you could have very reasonably said, 
we're moving on from Jameis, and we're drafting this kid, Daniel Jones. So the guy who beat you today could have been wearing your jersey. That's a tough spot for a Bucks fan. Definitely. All right, man, I appreciate the telephone call. And when you say, hey, Parkins, that's ridiculous. You got to give him time and all that. Okay, ask Arizona. Ask the Cardinals. They said, we like Josh Rosen. Then they fired the coach, got the number one pick, and said, eh, we love Kyler Murray. So they got rid of Josh Rosen. Tough business, but that's the way the game is played. Brandon in Georgia on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Brandon? What you said about Mariota, I don't believe that's true because he doesn't have the legit weapons to really evaluate him. Well, it's five years, so you've got to make a decision on paying him then at the end of this year. You want to give Marcus Mariota a big contract extension if you're the Titans? It depends on how he do by the end of the season because he never had a really legit number one. Like, I mean, that's true, the, but he has the had argument, a... T- the, the argument is, you know, Jameis had a number one. You know, Matt Ryan has a number one, but he really hasn't had one like that. He has to work with what he got. That is absolutely true, but over five years, at some point, a referendum has to be able to be made on the quarterback because they have had DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. They have had Delaney Walker. They have had first-round picks on that offensive line. You're right. They haven't had a – because Corey Davis was their, I think, top 10 pick at receiver who busted out. But they have had investment on offense, just no great wide receivers. That's absolutely true. True. Like, you can't really evaluate him until he gets that legit one. Like Corey Davis, I believe, like he can be good, but he's not a he's not a one. He's but the pro one. the problem with what you're saying, then Brandon is like you're right. It's absolutely true, and I appreciate the call that if Marcus if they moved on from Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota could have a beef and say, "Hey, they never gave me a chance to be successful." Well, then you got to fire your general manager too, because. If you can't put a system around your quarterback to get a fair read on that quarterback within five years, you're incompetent. I remember the Rams when they drafted Sam Bradford. It was Tavon Austin and nobody else. They're like, okay, we have our quarterback, so now let's just draft defensive players. They never got him a number one receiver. And then he got hurt, and they had coaching changes and all of that. But you've got to, if you're making that investment, you've got to support the player with an offensive coach, with continuity, protect him. Like, Houston might kill Deshaun Watson. He's an amazing talent. But you've got to protect that investment. So, It's absolutely true that it's not all on the quarterback, but the organization has to put themselves in a position where they're able to adequately evaluate what they have at quarterback. Because if you waste your quarterback's rookie contract and don't build a successful team in that time when you're paying your quarterback nothing, and then you decide to pay that quarterback franchise QB money, 30-something million a year, depending on who it is, then it's all the more difficult to build that successful team around him. So say Brandon and George is right. 
and Tennessee pays Marcus Mariota this year. It's not going to be easier to surround him with elite talent once you pay him big money. You wasted your easiest window in order to build a good team. Weighing in on the young quarterbacks that are taking over the league. We we are in a very healthy time at the most important position in team sports. This is the Danny Parkin Show. And I appreciate you doing so. It's the Danny Parkin Show, radio.com, Sirius 206, CBS Sports Radio. Discussing the remarkable ability in 2019 for young quarterbacks to have success when they're put into a good situation. And it's not even the blue chip prospects. It's not only sixth overall pick Daniel Jones, who does something today that he never even did in college, throw for 300 yards, run for a touchdown, and have no interception. He threw for over 300 yards, had two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, and no interception. But it's Kyle Allen. It's Gardner Minshew. It's crazy stuff. It just raises the bar so significantly. What used to be great is now average. What used to be good is now barely passable. What used to be average is now straight up unplayable. So you've got to really ask yourself, is my quarterback worth paying a second contract? And the second you come to the determination that that answer is no you should want your general manager to be in the market for a new young quarterback because the most valuable thing in the NFL is what the Giants might have found today they've got Daniel Jones on the cheap for the next 13 games and four years he'll have ups and downs obviously it's just Tampa obviously they would have lost if the Bucks make a kick obviously I'm not putting the guy in Canton. I'm just saying that there is less and less reason today to sit your young quarterback, to wait, to play a mediocre veteran, find out what you have in the young guy. And when you find out what you have in him, if you don't like it, move on. If you do like it, go all in to win before you have to pay him. The Chiefs, Paid Frank Clark. They paid the Honey Badger. They paid Tyreek Hill. They paid Eric Fisher. They paid Mitchell Schwartz. They paid Travis Kelsey. Because Pat Mahomes can't get paid yet. He can get paid this offseason. The Seahawks had the Legion of Boom defense when they had Russell Wilson on a rookie deal. Russell Wilson gets paid. Defense gets broken up. Doesn't mean you don't pay Russell Wilson. He's incredible. It's just tougher to build around a quarterback who's getting paid that big money. So take advantage while you can. And I really think Arizona, they took a ton of arrows this offseason. Having a QB they liked in Josh Rosen and then getting the opportunity to get a quarterback they loved in Kyler Murray and being willing to cut the cord on Rosen, that's the way of the future in the NFL. 855-212-4227. Let's see here. In Texas, Spencer is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Spence? How's it going? Um, I actually had a, an idea for this phone call that I wanted to go, but I'm going to change it because of what you just said. 
I kind of agree with you when it comes to Gardner Minshew because he's played a couple games now, and it's it's kind of obvious Kyler Murray is is the answer in Arizona. But when you talk about Daniel Jones, he's he's played one game. How do you know that he's really the answer when you've had Eli Manning at the helm for so long? And I know Eli Manning's kind of mediocre, but he's won two Super Bowls. I yeah, but like I mean, Eli, Eli won two Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011. Anyone with eyes saw today that Daniel Jones does things that Eli can't do anymore. Okay. Uh, but it's one game. Like, how, how do you know? And I'm, I'm saying this from a Cowboys fan's perspective. perspective. How, do, how do you know that it's not just because the defense didn't know what they were going up against? How I mean, do you differentiate that? Well, for one, he was mobile and running, and Eli Manning is old and slow, right? So that's an eye test thing. But then secondly, even if you want to make some argument that Eli is still better than Daniel Jones, which I can't believe you would want to make, but even if you did, he's not the QB of the future, and they're not winning a Super Bowl this year. So if you're not in contention to win big and you use the sixth overall pick on a quarterback, you've got to start figuring out whether or not that young quarterback is your quarterback of the future. Because if he is and you're not playing him on the rookie contract, you're just wasting time. All right, Craig is gone. Listen, Daniel Jones is better than Eli Manning today. Eli Manning has had a losing season five of his last six years. He's led the league in interceptions three times. He has a 161 and, or a 116 and 116 uh, win-loss record for his career. Eli Manning had two great playoff runs and was unbelievably durable and a model citizen, an all-time giant, and a New York icon. But he was never a special talent. Not even in his good years was he a special talent. In terms of physical capability, arm strength, mobility, anything like that. What you saw today from Daniel Jones was the potential for a special talent. Of course you play Daniel Jones the rest of the way, barring injury. Because you got to figure out as soon as possible... Whether or not he's that dude. Let's see here. A lot of good calls on the line. Spencer in Texas is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Spencer? My bad. Spencer's gone. Dante in California. Dante, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, Daniel? Good. How are you? Hey, in, in reference to what you're talking about, about, you know, on the third year when you evaluate the quarterback, I agree with you, but the one question I have, though, is what if the quarterback after his third year, the coach who he originally had in the first two years, is gone? Would that change anything? Of course. I mean, each situation is different. Like so, Daniel Jones. What if Shermer gets fired this year? I would give him another year at least and make it the fourth year. I, I agree with you. You have to, yeah. you have to put in every situation – into its own thing, right? Like 
your team or your fan base, you, you'll know when you watch every snap and, of that guy, right? I won't be able to watch every snap of Daniel Jones's career, right? But, right. for example, I cover the Bears here in Chicago. This is Mitch Trubisky's 30th start against Washington tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah. That, seems like, that seems like a huge sample size. But yeah. his first 12 games were with an outdated system with uh, you know, Marcus Wheaton and Josh Bellamy as his number one and number two wide receivers. That was not a situation conducive to success. Last year, first year in a new coach's system. This year, his second year in a good offense. Let's see if he takes the jump this year. If Mitch takes a jump at the end of the year, he's your dude. If he doesn't, you've got to start looking to move on. So, but, so that means that he will get over 40 games of evaluation. Whereas some guys, if they come in and start right away and they've got good receivers all over the place and they got a good coach and they had experience in college and they stink, maybe you could give up on them after two seasons. Like Each situation is different. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Trubisky. He's a lot better than what Cutler ever was. Um, I mean, last year he had a season that is statistically one of the best in Bears history. Listen, I appreciate the call. Uh, Cutler never got better. That was the issue with Cutler. And people like to blame different offensive coordinators. And there are Jay Cutler stands that will defend him to the end of time. I never understood it. But regardless, that's not why you called. But Cutler's problem was the same back foot interception, relying on pure arm strength instead of being fundamentally sound and going through his reads that he made in year three, he was making in year 10. He was the same player at the end that he was at the beginning. Just getting by on natural talent. Let's go to Stefan in California. Stefan, you're on CBS Sports Radio. It's actually Stefan. My bad, dude. What's up? No, it's all right. <laughs> hey, so I went, I heard that caller probably like five callers ago talking about the uh, Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota. Hey, you know what? I believe, and I, I've believed it since he was drafted. He's not the quarterback. Or the Tennessee Titans based on, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's so many gimmick offenses. I see pass through the NFL, heavy RPO, pistol offense here, blah, 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 this, this, that. And a lot of these quarterbacks, special Marcus Mariota, they're not these type of QBs that can stay in the pocket. They can't read defense. They can't adjust to defenses that change. It's just he's, we, they've tried many times. I, I will debate that number one wide receiver crap. I mean, I've known quarterbacks who don't have number one wide receivers, and they still get it done. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the 2020 NFL draft in Las Vegas. I appreciate the call, and I agree with you. It's not impossible for a quarterback to not really look great for as long as Mariota and Jameis have underwhelmed and then still have good careers. You know, Alex Smith really struggled early. He had, I believe, four offensive coordinators in his first six years. But he still was on a team that he played, you know, he outdueled Rodgers in an NFC championship game or a, or an NFC playoff game. And Ka- Kaepernick ends up taking over for him in the playoff run. And Alex Smith's playoff numbers actually are remarkable if you go and look at him between San Francisco and Kansas City. Guy actually is a pretty good big game quarterback. But... Alex Smith was a guy that it really took 
you know, getting to Andy Reid, seven, eight years in the NFL, having continuity. By the time he was in his fourth year of Andy Reid's system, he was basically 10 years into the league. Alex Smith was awesome. Now, he wasn't, you know, Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't Andrew Luck. He wasn't Drew Brees or Tom Brady. But he won. He didn't make mistakes. And he was able to make big plays down the field. Because he got into a good system. He had good skill position guys around him. He had a good coach. He had continuity. His first year in Kansas City, he was captain checkdown. There were no touchdowns thrown to a wide receiver for a season. It was just, it was super ugly. But by the time it got over, he was one of the best deep ball quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of plays over 15 yards. It was crazy because of continuity. So it can happen, but that's again, that's arguing the exception rather than the rule. But I just think today was such an interesting day in the league because you saw low-level and high-level prospects seemingly move the ball with ease. And I would think it would give a lot of you pause on what my team is doing investing in a quarterback and how quickly we should move on or stay there. Because Gardner Minshew, Kyle Allen, I don't think Luke Falk's the answer, but these are the types of guys. 20 of the 32 QBs that played this week, 26 years of age or under. A soap opera is coming to the end, and we'll keep taking your calls on week three and the quarterback situation. It's the Danny Parkins Show. Thanks for hanging out. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.